another episode of First Strike. Before we start the show, we're going to plug our sponsor, FaceToFaceGames.com, the number one place to get your Magic of the Gathering singles. And they've got other games as well, including Yu-Gi-Oh! Pokemon, Cardfight Vanguard. They've got everything there, so go to FaceToFaceGames.com today. Uh, this is KYT, as usual, and uh, with Robert Lombardi. How's it going, Rob? Uh, being a soldier. Uh, for us lately, uh, especially since Brian and Vince, they just you can't make it, can't show up. But I brought back an old friend again, the record holder for for most frequent appearances on the A team and first red combined. My good man, the person with like a lot of things to say on Magic, Sheen Surani. How's it going, my man? I'm great, man. Thanks for having me. Also, I'm the, here the most because I just can't get enough. <laughs> I, I, and I, I, I father. The viewers need to know that I actually beg him to get on the show. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's a mutual begging. It's like, oh man, Shaheen, I really want you on. You're like, man, what do you want me on? I, I want to come on. So uh, I love that. And, and congratulations on uh, being a dad. Thanks. Everything went, went well. Yeah, so far so good. If you hear, I'm sure they'll hear him screaming in the other room. The mom, mom is with him, so he'll be fine. But now he's been, um, it's fatherhood's different. I've already cut my traveling in half pretty much and um you know i'm not leaving competitive magic by any means but it definitely makes you have to temper it down a little bit so um i think there's a there's a lot i was scared um because on twitter people were criticizing the hype club show and other podcasts it's hosted on the man of prime network because they're too negative on 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 everything watsy's been doing so i gave shane heads up we don't want to be crapping on everything of course we're going to talk a lot rivals of ixalan we're going to talk a lot implications of modern standard over a sweet deck that uh, rob is working on an archetype at least um for modern and uh i'm surprised we had new nation members last week even though I only plugged the Patreon at the end of the two-hour Mammoth episode that we did. So if you want to join the Patreon, go to patreon.com slash firststrike. Everything goes into helping maintain uh, the podcast, pay for all the hosting. And uh, as an extra bonus, you get access to the Facebook group that we have and the Google Drive where we store all the sideboard guides that we make for everyone for modern and standard. And you get some insight into Rob's new latest creation. And Rob and Vince are probably working. I talked to Vince, working on some draft, uh, perhaps some PDF, some some podcasts. We'll see. But uh, to prepare people for the pre-release of this upcoming weekend. Uh, without further ado, let's let's start with something positive. Uh, this past weekend, um, Eli Cassis, someone that I've talked to you, or Cases, someone I've talked to online here and there, were able to bring, I think, uh, Jack Kiefer and Quinn Kiefer uh, they won a PTQ, qualifying them for the 25th anniversary Pro Tour in Minneapolis, and you know, two of them were kids. One of them being 12, and, and they're, they're part of the card hoarder family, right, Gene? Yeah, man, it was it was happy days in the card hoarder chat yesterday, and uh, you know, a PTQ at a Grand Prix is no joke. They're the hardest. I mean, if you you go through history and just the amount of people that play in them, the quality of player in them, you have people that are every silver player in that in the event hall is teamed up with somebody. So winning those is a kind of a flex of skill. It's really nice. Um, Ely can't lose, so they, they kind of have a cheat code with him. Uh, he doesn't lose in any format, which is why I'll be teaming with him in uh, Indianapolis in a couple weeks with Noah Walker as my third um, for the Team Limited event. But the Kiefer's are no joke either. They're, they, they may be little ones, but they are very skilled. And, um, you know, uh, this is not Jack's first pro tour. I think Quinn may be the youngest ever, might be second youngest ever, I think. Uh, I forgot who how old the young man was who top eight at a Grand Prix of Merfolk um, 
last season, but he was also they're around the same age, I think. But you know, it's just a twelve year old going to the Pro Tour, man. When I was twelve, well, <laughs> I wasn't playing Magic. Then. I was playing. Uh, I decided when Beta was out and out, it's like Arabian Nights. I was like, I'm gonna buy Marvel the TCG. I think I bought the Marvel TCG game when I was twelve. So I made a horrible mistake. <laughs> <laughs> but I was I was terrible at games. I mean, can you what about you when you were 12 playing games? How good were you? I was bad at everything. The Marvel TCG like versus? It wasn't versus. It was before that. It was okay. it's old, man. It might not even be Marvel. It might just be X-Men. I'll have to google that, but it was I there I remember vividly in the comic shop of my house Trilogy Comics back then. And I saw on the shelf these Magic the Gathering packs. And I was with my friend and we bought the whatever the X-Men, whatever it is. And then we bought the Star Trek game, uh, the Star Trek TCG. That's actually was been around for a bit. So we bought everything but magic and, uh, you know, whoops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, the keepers are great, man. I'm, I'm proud of them. And, uh, you know, they're, they are going to be the future of magic, at least, especially for a card hoarder. Um, you know, Ely and I are old men. They're, you know, 20 years younger than both of us. Uh, so it's just really cool to see somebody more than half your age do well magic. It's great. Just want to give some shout outs to people who are watching us live, including Bosu Coaching. Go check out, out on Twitter for some MTG lessons. <laughs> um, your question for me, uh, I was actually good because I, I was one of those guys that got brought up playing chess, uh, Shaheen. I competed oh. at like some some... A lot of people tell me all the time that, you know, they, they played a serious tournament here or there, but I, I definitely was competing at the tournaments, regionals, uh, pro- provincials, whatever, uh, with actual ratings uh, and on the line. So I was... What happened with Magic, then? What happened? I mean, I'm just kidding. Yeah, <laughs> I'm kidding. I love I mean, you. You're great. <laughs> what actually happened? I made the Pro Tour twice. I made the Pro Tour <laughs> twice at least. That's all I, I, can, I can hang that on. You beat um, me at a Grand Prix. I won't forget it. <laughs> It was uh, Legacy, remember? I don't think I won that game. A match. Yeah, you did. You beat me. It was, okay. you, were playing, you were playing Grizzle Brands some, weren't you? Were you playing the Reanimator deck? I was. I, I beat you I at... On 04 day two. I beat you at arguably the highest, uh, most skill-intensive <laughs> format in Magic. I like that. <laughs> I, like that. I, went, I remember because I was X1 going into day two. I won the first round, and I lost four straight. So it, <laughs> I think you beat me. I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure. Um, you know, look at that. We, we, we were seeing a lot of the young kids, and I know everyone on Twitter, everywhere at Watsi are is happy to see that. They're, they're constantly plugging them, putting pictures on them, of them. And uh, it took a while, I guess, I don't know how long, before we started seeing uh, chess phenoms really young, like constantly breaking youngest grandmaster records. Um, and and some, some people who are older have jobs have, have chatted with me and said, you know, maybe uh, these kids are performing better. Because you know they have more time to play, they don't have to focus on being a father like yourself, Sheen. Uh, but at some point, is maybe is is it because we haven't seen enough kids yet, or is the game so complex that we don't expect someone like tw- at twelve to top eight a PT, even though we we all lose our minds when that happens? Uh, Sheen, what, what do you think? I mean, I think it's a little bit of both. You can have, I think, kids are is, is a phenomenon because you know when you're older, you just naturally have more experience and. X, Y, and Z, you know, at, at, at 25 years old, if you get into Magic, you've played multiple different games at multiple different levels, possibly more, you know, it could be anywhere ranging from being good at chess to being good at, uh, you know, math analysis and figuring out statistics and all that. Things that, you know, if you're 11 or 12, you're probably not going to have a lot of, uh, you know, raw experience in that. So 
I think if you're, you know, if you see a 12 year old excelling at competitive magic, it's going to be more the exception than the rule. Um, but that's just, that's with anything in life. If I see an 11 year old, you know, putting a car together, I'm going to be pretty impressed where, you know, if I see a 30 year old fixing a car up, it wouldn't be that impressive. Um, so I, I think it's an experience game, you know, and I think that magic is very complex. It's one of the hardest, it's probably the hardest card game I've ever played, hardest game generally. Um, it's one of those things like in chess, it's easy to learn, but it's impossible to, to, you know, be the best at, to maximize, be a hundred percent. Um, you know, firing all cylinders there. And poker has a similar analogy to it. So, um, I mean, not taking anything away from Quinn or uh, Dana, the, the young lady that plays with, uh, you know, you see her on Channel Fireball a lot. These kids are great. And I think that being this good at 12 only, you know, paves the way for being much better at an older age. So, you know, experience is Experience is powerful, man. If you look at the best players in the world, the ones that win worlds, the ones that, you know, Hall of Fame, top eighting, you know, they're winning the pro, you know, PVDR. If you look at his age now, Seth Manfield, you know, they just go through the list. These are all older gentlemen that have been around the block that have played long enough. Um, and, you know, and also the last thing for that is it's an opportunity game. You know, how many Grand Prix have I played in compared to, you know, Quinn? It's going to be a staggering number which is kind of sad when you look at my results, but I just had more chances. <laughs> I've had more, more opportunities in life to get to that level. So, you know, it's great. I, I think that, you know, seeing kids do well for the first time means that they are getting into it at an earlier age. There's less barriers for it. Parents are getting involved. Uh, obviously, Jen Kiefer is, um, you know, heavily involved in card hoarder, and she's gotten her kids. She, she travels with them and makes sure that they're, available to go to these events if if you have a regular kid from my area you know middle income uh child the chance of him or her flying to 10 grand prix a year is you know slim to none so you know quinn's in a good spot where he was uh blessed enough to have the opportunity to you know have a parent that's supportive of this hobby my parents told me to quit many times they, they thought it was a joke terrible game you know just a wait not terrible terrible waste of my time i should be focusing on a, you know more academics and stuff. So, you know, just like most parents, especially foreign parents that I had, <laughs> they're like, you need to go do some math problems, get away from these cards. And, you know, it depends, <laughs> depends on your, your circumstance. So again, that's another barrier for kids is the, the financial capability of flying around. I mean, I know at 12, and you said you're great at chess. I don't know where your parents flying you, you know, 30 times a year to tournaments. I, I doubt it, probably. <laughs> no, no, uh, but I had uh, local teachers like t- telling me I was really good, and that's why I was motivated to keep pursuing it. But, but good point. Good point. I'm pointing out the parents because, uh, of course, when we were growing up, chess was seen as, and still probably is in parents' eyes, as more um, prestigious uh, than Magic. Maybe that changes as as the generation, you know, as our generation becomes uh, the parent generation. Um, maybe like at some point we will see uh, with, with all these kids like getting into magic a lot earlier age, you will see that 12 year old uh, top eighting a PT. But like right now, like we would always bet against that happening. We can't even, I can't even conceive of it happening just because um, it just hasn't happened at all in, in the battle, just the data. Ask, ask PGO and they'll tell you how, how many hours a week do they spend preparing for the pro tour? I mean, it's staggering. It's it's their job. It's their life. It's uh, 
it's not just their job. Like I'm busy as a parent and I can't do it. I mean, this is their life. The magic is. So, you know, it's, if you dedicate yourself, uh, 50, 60 hours a week to a hobby or to, a uh, something like magic, you, you better be good. <laughs> you better <have> golf <laughs> or you better look to other endeavors. You know what I mean? So sweet. Uh, Rob, well, when do you think we'll, we'll see, uh, a 12-year-old top eating a, a PT. <laughs> I don't think it's going to happen ever, actually. What? If you just think about how, like, how the PT works and how it's different from like a Grand Prix or something, right? At a Grand Prix, usually, the format is relatively well-defined. The metagame's well-defined. Um, the decks are, are relatively well-tuned. So, like, a 12-year-old kid just doesn't have the mental capacity to, like, go through these complex operations that a group of, like, 6 to 12, 20-year-olds are able to do, right? It's just their ability to problem-solve is, is not there. Now, can they play a deck well once they have reps? Yeah, and I think, like, formats like Legacy and Modern kind of lend to that better because if they just, like, always play Affinity and then they become very good at that archetype, and it just happens to be a good week for Affinity, they can do, like, very, very well, right? And it's just, like, you're kind of, like, hitting the lottery a little bit there, but it's a, it's a good strategy to have when you don't have the resources to, um, to just be able to play anything you want at any time you want, which some of these pro teams have, right? So when you go into the PT and everything's up in the air, I just, <laughs> I'd be very surprised that, like, maybe if one of these kids gets, gets on, like, Channel Fireball, uh, team like somehow i don't know how that would happen but if they choose to just like kind of like take take one of them under their wing then maybe they get a hot deck list and they get reps and they get the right coaching and they run a little bit above average and they can do it but i'd be real surprised if it happens the pro tour is a lot different than a grand prix <laughs> all right Hope we, hope we see that somehow. Somehow, some uh, whiz kid finally shows up. Uh, it would be a feat. Like it would be a feat that's that's noteworthy if someone's able to do it. Uh, I'll, I'll give him that. I think then then it might actually be significant once we have like the the young kid. Then it'll be like it'll be the record. Young. I don't even know what the current record is. Youngest youngest dude or dudette to ever uh, top eight. I think it's Jacob Wilson at like eighteen or nineteen or something like that. Oh, that's that's pretty young. I think Shahar he won Worlds in nineteen. Yeah, they're yeah they're they're both pretty they're both pretty young when they were. But, uh, you know, and, and the game was different. You know, if you go back twenty years, I think a twelve year old could do it because the game was garbage back then. You just you know, if you were friends with the right five or six people, you could just build a deck, and you know, you wouldn't get in Scry magazine in time for everyone to figure it out. And <laughs> that's it. Like I mean, that's honestly that's how I I will I you know I like to dog myself a little bit, especially back then. That's how I came to be was because it wasn't the it wasn't the information age yet i mean the internet's around in 2003 2004 but not like it is now so people just were getting destroyed by my decrees of justice (laughs) skull clamp deck from regionals (laughs) (laughs) okay so positive news people are young people are doing well the game the, the game's doing uh seems to be doing better with a wider uh demographic in terms of age Let's go to some something else. Wasi announced basically that there weren't going to be any bannings for the upcoming Modern Pro Tour. What was your first reaction, Mr. Shaheen Surani? Uh, outrage. Uh, 
I, I've actually been so busy in life where I, when I come on Twitter, it does seem like, and I apologize to people that follow me. I, I come out with like just a negative series of like 30 tweets. And then I go back into hiding for a little bit, do my work. Um, I think that modern you either, it is, this is so cliche, but you either love it or you hate it. It is, it is loved by the masses. It's loved by people that love fast games, like Hearthstone beatdown games with super fast combos and super aggressive decks. People that play, it's also loved by another niche group. People like, I'm in the community of blue white control fans, and they love it, control players. Because at their local game store, they can go 4 1, easy, and top 8 FM. They can beat down people in a PPDQ, just do fine. But the real. The people that hate it are the minority, I think. The professional community, um, people that have grinded tournaments for a long time, and people that expect results from themselves in big events. Because there's just no way for any deck to just go through a field without having a larger percentage of luck on your side and running hot to do well. And I have racked my brain for years trying to figure out how to make a, pick, a correct deck choice in a tournament. I went. For uh, thir- what was it 14, 13 and two at Richmond GP Richmond years ago with Blue Eye Control with two Jays Bellerin in it main deck two Elspeth Knight Errant this horrendous Blue Eye Control deck because I played Affinity seven times that's it I beat Affinity seven times in the final round I told my opponent I'm like I really hope you don't have Welding Jar in your deck and he goes turn one Ink Moth Nexus <laughs> Ornithopter and he just got destroyed I had Slayer <laughs> Angels and three stony sounds for no reason in my sideboard and tons of wraths and paths and he had no chance. It was just a, a joke. So that's, I don't like formats like that where it's not like standard where you can just play a good, powerful deck and be able to maneuver through a tournament by playing well and running medium. With modern, you have to, with a 15 card sideboard, you can't cover the base with control. Control's horrendous. Uh, I know there's Jeskai Mirror in the open and open's not a pro tour. So you're not going to see that at the Pro Tour. Um, you're, I was hoping that they would make some unbans, like Bloodbraid Elf. Why is that banned? Card's unplayable. Um, Jason Mind Sculptor, of course, you know, I'm a big advocate of that. I've been singing you know, that song for the last two, three years, nonstop, saying Control needs a central win condition that's decent to medium-low against everything, and Jace is the answer. You can't play, um, like, for example, right now in Blue Eye Control, you have uh, this grindy celestial colonnade plan, and it's just fine against mid- mid-range decks. It's fine against, um, you know, decks with light Tarmogoyce in it. And it's horrible against combo decks, and it's horrible against super aggressive decks. You can't play decks that are winning with, you know, five-man activation lands and expect to just sweep the field. I've gone 11-4 with Blue Eye Control more than anyone else on this planet in Grand Prix because I'll beat the medium range decks, I'll beat Affinity here and there, maybe a burn player, and then I'll play Ad Nauseam twice and get destroyed. I'll play Living End and get destroyed. I'll play Dredge and get destroyed. I'll play Burn, draw the wrong half of my deck, get destroyed. So for people that put a lot of time and effort into testing and deck prep and uh, you know, uh, studying the f- formats and figuring out the perfect sideboard, Modern will drive you crazy. For people that don't do that, people that have the deck that they love, that they put, they foiled out, people that have an archetype that they're extremely happy with top-8ing FNM or 
Daytuning a Grand Prix with their own choice, you know, their own weapon of choice, they'll love it. So I think Modern is going to be here to stay, and I'm really sad that the no bans happened before the Pro Tour because I think it would have opened up a whole another discovery of uh, like you know re- reviving an archetype. And I know people that see this or people are going to read my article this week. I say, well, it was Jessica Mir in the finals. I know. <laughs> I saw it. I'm happy. You have Ben Nikovich, I think is his name. He was played Jeskai forever. He is a Jeskai machine. And then you have uh, Kevin Jones, who's also famous for Jeskai and very good at control decks. So I, I think it was, those are the player rather than the deck. I think the open is a softer by a, a 100 to 1 ratio than the Pro Tour. I think the unbans could have really helped uh, revive modern before this tournament for the whole crowd, not just one of the crowds. But, but how does that, how does unbannings like help it for you? If you still have, you still have the same issues, right? Even if you unban certain cards, you still have the same problems that, that you don't like about the, the format. Here's why I like, uh, here's why I think Jace will fix control. I don't think it'll make control tier one. I think it'll make it right under tier one. I think that in a certain matchup, you draw your path to exiles, lightning bolts, and uh, helixes against combo, you die every time. Uh, you draw that against control, you die every time. You draw it against decks that you can't kill. You know, they don't win with creatures, whatever. No. Jace allows you to get away from that. Jace allows you to do the epic. The reason why Jace has been so good in Legacy, the reason why Stoneblade did me so well, did so well for me for years, is because you can shuffle away those dead cards and possibly draw the right half of your deck at some point in the game. Um, that's the big pull for Jace. It allows you to not lose by drawing the wrong half of your deck. It's also just a source of card advantage right now. The most played card advantage spell in modern for control decks is Torrential Gearhulk. I've seen a glimmer of genius. I see... This, this is modern. These are not played in standard. <laughs> I mean, a Think Twice maybe here and there, a Search Res Kanta. Like, these cards are just standard cards. And they're not, they don't produce card advantage effectively enough for control to be really competitive. So I think, like, Jace solves that problem. It gives you card advantage. It lets you uh, manipulate your deck to, in order to draw the right half of your deck. It gives you a win condition all in one. Now, the, the drawback is it's super fragile, which is good, because that is a good reason to unban it, because it's not going to dominate the format. It's just going to allow control decks to kind of build their deck in a way where you don't have to play as many removal spells, as many counter spells, as any win conditions, really, you know, so I think you're going to fix that problem. But Shaheen, are you saying, like, making control more relevant would would fix the problem of the format as a whole for you? Yes, and here's why. I think because when you're missing control, it allows other archetypes to dominate. Um, You know, control is the big check on, you know, one-third of the archetypes. Depends on the... Historically, sometimes control has preyed on aggro, um, but I think in modern, it'll be the opposite. I think aggro is going to prey on control. I think effective control decks prey on the combo decks, and then you have combo... You know, it's just full circle. Combo gets the aggro decks pretty good. So I think revitalizing control will allow that paper, rock, scissors, which creates a healthy format to really, like, flourish. Um, I think there's going to be side effects of Jace, too. I think combo decks are going to be able to add Jace, making these Goofy combo decks a little bit more powerful. Uh, right now, the best combo deck, te- like arguably, maybe be is like Valakut, uh, like Titan Shift, which wouldn't play that. But it's going to really make some of the blue fringe combo decks, um, like uh, Ad Nauseum, like you know, uh, even I think Death Shadow is probably going to play. I mean, I thought 
I would play Jason Death Shadow Cyborg, maybe maybe one of the main deck. So I think it's gonna it's gonna be a wide. It's not gonna hit. It's not gonna splash and just make control dominant. It'll make control strong enough to be able to handle the workload of the combo deck. So you can have that circular paper rock scissors thing going on. In my humble okay. opinion, um, and you, you also brought up uh, some points earlier. I thought it was a cool thread from Eric Froelich and uh, Talarian College, the professor. Uh, Efro wrote, going to be writing an article for Channel Fireball on why current modern may be the best format in the history of Magic in many ways, but is not a playable professional level format. I think that's what you were saying. And uh, again, the, the reply was something you also said, but what if we casuals love watching you pros play it? I mean, if it sucks for you to play, but it's fun as hell for all of us to watch you playing it, dot, dot, dot. That is a good point uh, if they want to like build up the stream. So you have like two different crowds and you have Definitely positive and negatives that aren't really the same. Um, quick last words on, on this topic, Rob, from you. So, I mean, this is why they got rid of modern in the first place, right? So the pros were just so whiny about not being able to attack the metagame <laughs> appropriately. And I think uh, I truly I agree with Shaheen that it is a minority. Like, I think there's probably like a thousand people <laughs> that really hate playing modern. At, at most, and like they really, really despise it. They really do not want to have to go to a modern event. I think everyone else is probably fine to play modern or enjoys it uh, a lot. The thing I don't understand about the the pros and incessant whining about why modern is so bad for the uh, a pro tour is that like it is less luck based than they make it out. Like there's a lot more. I agree that there's a lot more uh, percentage based on your like pre-tournament uh, work and like less allocated to your in-tournament play because like the meta gaming and decisions you make on like how you're going to configure your main deck, what deck you're going to play, and how you're going to configure your sideboard matters a lot more than it does uh, in standard. If you're like off by three cards in standard, it's just like. Yeah, whatever. If you're off by three cards in modern, <laughs> that could be the difference between like going six and two and going two and six, right? You just like do not have the right configuration for the right matchups. I think that is fine though. Like you need to exercise a different skill. And there are people that are very good at metagaming, and they've shown that they can consistently do well in a very diverse uh modern metagame. They always rise to the top. So I just don't see why it's not possible for pros to do this. They should be able to repeat the same results. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I also think the format is, is pretty fun. I've been playing it a lot recently, and it's in like a pretty reasonable spot. I still hate seeing my opponent play Power Plant, Expedition Map, Mine, Crack Map for Tower, Karn. That's just like just a miserable sequence. <laughs> or like A lot of, of in-game skill, like you said. <laughs> I mean, that, that's just, like, something that shouldn't be there, though, I think, right? Like, they, they took away, like, almost all of the tools for that, that type of play pattern. Like, they took away Summer Bloom, they took away um, Splinter Twin, and they just they left the Urza Lands for some reason. And I feel like they just want everyone to be able to build their decks and do their testing without rocking the boat. And that's why they said there's going to be no bans. Because, like, it's not like the GP format is broken. Like, people are still attending FNM. People like playing Tron at, at those, uh, those like, uh, skill levels or whatever, right? So there's no reason to ban it. Um, but if you see that it's just, like, 
ripping apart the Pro Tour, and people complain, I think that'll give them the credence, you know, the, the data they need to say, like, okay, it's time for the Urza's lands to go, which means they can probably also ban Blood Moon, and then you mean eight, unban, eight, unban eight, Chase. Yeah, I agree. Which? Yeah, 8th and ninth edition, I mean, that idea has been tossed around so much, and that would be fantastic. I think modern... Yeah, like, none of those cards are fun in, uh, the, uh, in, the, modern, in the modern magic. Staring Bridge is another card that is bad for magic healing-wise uh, when you're doing coverage and showing uh, these prison decks play for the full time. Um, and I think that you know, I think modern is a format. Extended was my favorite format by far. I loved it, and I think modern's close to extended. It's just a few cards off. You couldn't turn three Karn and extend it. You couldn't just kill people and turn three. And that's and you you know you think Karn turn three doesn't kill you, it, it kills you. You know, <laughs> I mean, in all effectiveness of death in Magic, you are dead. Nine I played I played Amulet Bloom for a, a very long time, and still getting turn three Karn was usually the only way that they, they could win the match. And it was, like, very difficult to get out from under that. And it's, like... <laughs> I mean, seven men on turn three, it's... Yeah, it's and I, I'm with it's you, man. I, I don't think I don't, modern is, uh, I, you know, you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, right? I don't think it's unfixable. I think it's uh, a ban or unban from being healthy. And then I would be all about it. And I don't mind modern Grand Prix. Uh, the Pro Tour, again, I'm not on the anti-modern pro tour wagon here i just wish that they would have addressed that turn three card maybe beforehand or just making again they tried their best they've removed a lot of the fast mana away uh you know mox opals in the discussion also but it's not <laughs> to the same extent but i think that the, the tron lands blood moon and Saring bridge are not they don't make cards like that anymore for a reason because those cards do not uh lead to fun magic, to interactive magic, to good viewing magic, to you know, selling packs for magic. And it's just sad that those are still in a competitive format. So I'm just hoping that whatever they do either makes those cards a little bit weaker or remove them completely, and then I'll be with you, man. I'll be, I'll buy a modern sweet t-shirt and just rock it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's, let's Move on. We, we've because uh, we've talked about this, these gripes for, for a while now in multiple episodes. Um, <laughs> let's go to cur- some some current things that that might um, point to a certain direction that that Shaheen might be going. Uh, we don't know what Shaheen's going to play, but in the recent uh, SCG Modern, uh, there's some interesting deck outside of the Jeskai Mirror. Uh, there's the blue right blue red Kiki Moon uh, played by James. Mellish, and uh, I'll let you take that take it away, Rob. Well, what do you think about this list? I, so, since we were like you know, kind of spent the first twenty minutes <laughs> talking about how annoying uh, Urza lands are, I think this deck is uh, pretty well positioned in a meta game where you're expecting a, a lot of Tron and uh, a lot of control decks. So, you just have a lot of ways to interact with that strategy. I mean, you can even if you don't have a turn three Blood Moon you're more than likely to have, like, a turn three Astromite or Deceiver Exarch, so you can kind of, like, keep their land tapped so they only get, like, four or five mana, which is usually enough for you to, like, get under there and then start being able to, like, disrupt them once and then kill them with Kiki-Cheek. Like, just the same kind of play pattern that Splinter Twin had before, right? So I think that um, this deck is a, is a very good choice given where the meta game is, but, like, if the meta shifts to a lot more burn-heavy... Um, like Red White or Naya, um, I don't think that 
like not having white is is really rough to being able to kind of like deal with those decks. So um, yeah, I, I like the look of this list. The one main deck Parvis Tire is also pretty sweet. I forgot that that card uh, existed, and I guess he was able to play that given that uh, he decided not to run any Logic Knots. So he's playing like Remand over Logic Knots. So yeah, that, that card choice kind of makes sense. I think Harvest Pyre is probably uh, a really good choice since you don't have Path and you need to be able to kill like a Gurmag Angler or Tassiger or Large Goy for something like that. So I think I'm going to take this for a spin. I've been playing a lot of uh, blue-based control decks in Modern for the last few weeks, um, prepping for GP Toronto. And I think this is a, a really good place to start. Hopefully the metagame doesn't shift too much <laughs> before the before the GP. Otherwise, uh, if everyone goes and starts playing decks like this, you'll probably want to be on uh, on something else, or or maybe they're on the next level and they're just playing like uh, straight up like old school Jund, which will probably have a very very good matchup against a deck like this. Hmm. So, so you're saying to play this uh, to just to reiterate what you said against like Tron decks and control decks in in the format. Yeah, well, like, I mean, any any kind of, like, mid-range deck that is creature-based that doesn't have a, a slew of disruptive elements, this deck should be pretty good against. I'd be very curious to know how this matches up against, like, uh, a standard, like, Grixis Death Shadow list. It's possible that, like, having the Blood Moons in there, if they're not suspecting it, you can, like, get a lot of free wins like that, but if they fetch properly, then... Uh, it may be a little more difficult for you. I guess it, just probably, it probably depends. Like it's Blood Moon versus Inquisition and, and Thoughtseize, I guess. That's <laughs> what the matchup may come down to. <laughs> uh, he, any of the lists in the top eight pique your interest? You mentioned that the Jeskai control decks were, were more, probably more to players and the deck themselves, but, but you're a control master. You're not going to try, pick it up, and, and goldfish a bit? Oh, I mean, I've been playing Jeskai control <laughs> forever in modern. It's I tried with guys without guys, you know, Queller version, mid range. I've tried it with the slower version. I've tried Nahiri, Emrakul. I haven't tried uh, this version yet with, um, you know, one Gear Hulk, a Blasphemous, three Snapcaster for some reason, and then uh, Nahiri. Uh, but I think that the decks are pretty standard. Uh, they, they change four to five cards between them, um, you know, or if you're playing the, the creature mid range version, it's like, you know, eight to 10 cards. But I think the decks are good. I, I like I said, if you want to go eleven four at a Grand Prix, I think blue base blue base control is fantastic for that. Uh, Twelve three tops. Um, I think that if you want to win a tournament, you're going to have to play like the blue red deck. I think has a better chance of winning a tournament. I think that you need to employ broken cards like Blood Moon and um, Emrakul and things that are just you know uh, that transcend the formats rather than playing a bunch of standard cards, you know. Uh, I think that the, the control decks, again, if you're going to play Jeskai, you have to get s- just so, so lucky to uh, <laughs> win at, at a tournament and, you know, at a, grand, at a high level like a Grand Prix. You have, to, you have to do what I did and play Affinity seven times. You have to, you have to literally do that in order to win at the, the highest level with these blue-based control decks. Now, I, again, the, like the Blue Moon deck, it's a blue-based control deck. But it's got some cheats on the side. You know, it can win at it can win out of locking an opponent out of mana. We saw if you watch coverage all of the open, uh, blue eye controlled player was Blood Moon with his eight basic lands in his deck. He never drew the basics, died instantly. You know, that's it. If you're on the draw and you 
you play Celestial Colonnade, and then you play uh, whatever, you know, Sea Chrome Coast, or when it doesn't matter, and they would get a Blood Moon out, you're, you're dead. You know, it's just one of those cards that allows control to beat decks that it doesn't typically beat. Um, so, uh, you know, like the combo decks of Death Shadow decks. So, I, I played a lot of Death Shadow recently, and I played against Blue Moon, and it's about 50 50. I mean, I've, I'm, I win a few more times than lose, but that's because <clears throat> they, um, uh, I, I have some sneaky cards in my Death Shadow deck that makes it tougher on them. Um, and also, fetching properly is is key, like uh, like you said, so like Rob said. Um, but yeah, I think that I think that these decks are. I think the top eight was cool. It's a t- I think it's a pretty good microcosm of what modern is, minus the finals. Usually, the Jeskai decks get crushed at the beginning, and then Death Shadow or um, some kind of Urzatron deck wins. But you know, it's good to see. Um, so, so how are you approaching uh, testing for this format with no bannings and, and, and the same and it looks like most people think Rivals of Ixalan does not bring that many tools or significant tools to many decks <clears throat> I don't think Rivals of Ixalan helps Ixalan block decks let alone <laughs> <laughs> let alone modern so <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll leave that you know what at the beginning of the show, you mentioned we don't want to be negative. So we're gonna anytime I'm gonna talk about something negative, let's talk about the positive first, okay? Um, I don't think it brings any tools to modern, but the positive news is that for people like me that are busy, there doesn't need to be a whole lot of testing. I think modern is not an undiscovered paradise. You know, I, I think that everything is pretty much laid out. The, the top decks have been figured out. I think that there could be some saucy things in the, in, on the fringe, but. Nothing that a Death Shadow player can't thaw these out of your hand, play a turn two Tasker and take you to town. Nothing that a Tron player can't play a turn three Karn to stop you. You know, so I think the brokenness of these silly cards that are still in the format uh, prevent people from really brewing something real nasty to, to swamp the Pro Tour. There was a time where I wasn't qualified, but I was goofing off with Eldrazi cards before the Pro Tour. And I'm like, you know what? This Eldrazi Temple and Eye of Ugin, these things... These are a little broken. I'm going to try and build decks. So I built this horrendous Eldrazi deck, and then I wrote an article saying, they need to ban something now. <laughs> this deck is busted. And that was a modern Pro Tour where it just, you know, you know how that story ended with just dominated by these Eldrazi decks. But that's not going to be the case uh, for this tournament. I think it's going to be wide open. I expect a top eight with seven different ar- archetypes, seven, all seven being aggro, whatever. It's fine. You know, I think it's going to be diverse, diverse, an aggro diverse field. I'm going to expect in this pro tour. <laughs> we're, we're, we're not going to catch you playing burn. There's a chance. <clears throat> I mean, <laughs> right? Burn's about as control as uh, the control decks Rob's playing. It's about the same, right? I mean, if everyone <clears throat> moves over to these um, two color control decks, I don't think burn is a bad choice. I don't think Burn's bad against anything. Not bad. I think it's like 40% against some decks. But I think it's... I, I mean, I've, I've don't, I don't think it's great against anything uh, besides Death Shadow. Uh, it's good against, like you said, two-color control decks. It's good against those. But I don't think... Even in this bad matchups, I mean, as long as your opponent doesn't play like a Frexian Unlife on turn three. <laughs> like, <laughs> it, it's, it's more... It's, its losses are a lot more due to the inconsistency like when it had treasure cruise, 
it was different. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 I don't have to worry about flooding out anymore. I never flood out. I'm, I always have what I need to, to win. I agree. Uh, I mean, that's the danger of burn is just itself. Uh, that's its worst, worst nightmare. If you have, it's pretty, it's consistent enough to, you know, I think burn could win this pro tour pretty easily. Um, I, I would be shocked if there wasn't a burn player in the top eight. I'd be shocked if it wasn't one of the top three most played decks. It could be Seth Manfield. I believe yeah. he's known to uh, to jam some idolons. Hey, he'll probably win the Pro Tour. Why not? Sure. Uh, Shaheen, Shaheen or Rob, um, have you ever, like, in chat, shout out to Bosu Coaching, who's talking about Mardu Pyromancer, and I just looked it up about MTG Old Goldfish. It is this player who's 5-0'd with it at least, like, 10 times minimum. I don't know if you've guys seen this list. I've, I've posted it in the chat. I don't know if you guys can have quick thoughts uh, or not on this particular deck. Yeah, I've looked at this a couple times, and every time I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> this just doesn't look like a deck that... I've played against it a few times on NTGO. I haven't lost to it. Um, <laughs> I, wanna, I do want to point out that my friend Benny Hills, not friend, but uh, you know, I'll say colleague, yeah, uh, he... Has he's a blue white expert, right? Yeah, he had 21 trophies with blue white control last season. I wouldn't put too much stock, and this is something not, I'm not. I don't want dog you at all for this, by the way, KYT. Because we all do this. I think the the five O defense these days is tough for a deck, especially if it's the same player with the same deck over and over. Um, because you know, I think that MTGO is a different world than real than live play. But I do think that this guy is good with this deck. It's kind of like how my Really rough deck on paper when X5 at the last Pro Tour, and I lost my win in at the Grand Prix the week after. I don't know if the Grixis deck is great and standard, <laughs> but I know how to play it. That pile of nonsense. So I think this guy, I have seen this deck. It looks sweet. It's got card advantage. It's got disruption. It's got, you know, the best card ever. I think it has Linger Souls in it, right? Yeah. Yeah, it has like four. Souls. Four. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, of he's playing, he's playing Mardu cards he likes, and he's crushing. Get it, get it. You know, I mean, I support this completely. It's kind of like you support one burst lightning, two fork bolt, yeah, two monastery switch spear. <laughs> I mean, what the hell, perfect deck building, perfectly calculated. Three thought seeds. You know what? I I would be shocked if he changed one card in his main deck. More like you know, what if he changed between two and three? I'd be shocked. I think it's less than two cards <laughs> per turn. <laughs> This deck is crazy. <laughs> I feel like you know two burst landing today. You know one fourth bolt. So here's here's the thing. You, you kind of alluded to this, Shaheen, when you're talking about five O decklist. So the thing about five O decklist is like there are, if you just look at a GP, any random GP, there's like five or six hundred people that are five O when the tournament starts. So if you were just to like stick everyone in thirty two like pod groups. And then publish them like all the people that are five zero at the end of round five, and publish their deck list. Like a lot of those people don't make day two. <laughs> so like, while going five zero is not uh, not easy, it's definitely not um, impossible. And like when Derek was crushing his trophy hunter uh, stuff with uh, four colors to Healy, I was playing Mardu a bunch, and I had I don't know maybe like. 12 trophies or something like that when I thought the deck was like very very good like right after I won the RPTQ 
And Derek had like 26 trophies with four colors to Healy, and he's like, you gotta play this deck. It's just like better than everything else. He's like, look how many trophies I have. And I was like, okay, what's your constructed like rating on Moto, right? Because it like, kind of gives you your ELO, right? And he's like, oh, it's like 1720 or whatever it was. And I'm like, my constructed rating's 1880. Like, how many leagues are you playing a day? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, no, oh, I, I don't know, the maximum? <laughs> yeah. I, have, I have Benny that too. I mean, I watch him stream. I watch him stream and I've seen him go 02, you know, uh, one of the streams. And you know, it makes you think, what, you know, how many events is, are you playing in for this? And the same thing with my logic with like why I've done, I've been to, you know, 21 Pro Tours because, hey, man, I've been playing every Grand Prix I possibly can in the beginning. These kids that just started that are doing well, man, they're, <laughs> it's, a, it's a numbers game. <laughs> it's I'm going to play in 400 events. I'm going to get there eventually. Yeah. So, I mean, putting stock. The more on, coin flippy, the more yeah. coin flippy the format is, the, the more the numbers game matters. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yep. I mean, like, this deck's cool, but I would not, I wouldn't sleeve it up and run to the Grand Prix with this, if I was you, honestly. I think I have all the cards, so maybe I'll, I'll put it together and, uh, and give my thoughts to the, uh, to the Facebook group on whether or not this is just, like, complete trash. There's no Crackling uh, Doom, is there? Yeah. About, then. The what? Is there Crackling Doom in this deck? Let me see. <laughs> There's no, no Crackling no, Doom. I'm out, then. I might also be in if there's Crackly Doom. <laughs> yeah, that part like, broken. Or if there's a Goblin Rabble Master. Any list of the Goblin Rabble Master piques my interest. <laughs> <laughs> That's another broken card. See, these are cards we need to we need to explore the standard busted cards. Build a deck out of them. But just just any card you think should be banned. That's how you build a deck. So it's like Rabble Master, Blood Moons, has uh, Death Shadow. <laughs> there we have a good base to start. <laughs> Back back to uh, rivals a bit. I, I know that from a competitive player standpoint, I haven't been impressed with the deck, uh, with the set, and a lot of my friends have the same feeling. I, I'm sure you guys uh, have the same feelings as well. Uh, we went through a bunch of cards, Rob, last week. Went through all the planeswalkers. Thought they were all kind of meh. Um, felt like our special preview card also needed a lot of help uh, to be tier one competitive. Maybe it could see some funky play. Um, it was, uh, Shaheen, if you didn't know, our, our, our card was the dinosaur, the 5-5 five, five for 3, that uh, only activate, can attack and block only when you ascend, and you can play one extra land per turn. It's really hard to imagine, like, what kind of shell that card would be in so that it could actually be an MVP. So, okay, thumbs down sign, but here comes the positive. Of course, we've got to balance it with positivity. Uh, Rudy, famous YouTuber Rudy from Alpha Investments, talked about how he thinks a lot of stores are underbuying on rivals, which I found interesting. found that interesting because of how we feel about the set as, as competitive players, uh, but from my own insider knowledge that I have, a lot of casuals love this set. There's a lot of cards for the casual player in this set, and that's why it's actually doing really well, even to the point where Rudy is surprised that this second set in the block is doing so well. It's like one of the best, according to him, one of the best second sets in in a while. So, Shaheen, is there any, there's no modern application. Did you look at this from a standard perspective at all? Yeah, <clears throat> kind of before I, again, let's, let's go to the positivity. Because I need some for this, for this set. 
Um, it's selling great. <laughs> yeah. Here's my question though: it Hasn't each set after each set been the top seller? Isn't each new set because we keep breaking the amount of Magic players that are playing? Like we, the game is exploding still. I think that the next set will be even better selling, man. I I, I could be wrong, <clears throat> and I I don't know the sales. I don't have the inside knowledge on it, but I think that I know the number of Magic players in the world is increasing uh, with every set. So I, I don't know if it's the set or just the game is super popular and great and people just all about it, you know. Um, but that's on the table. We can we can figure that out later. This set is the worst set, competitively speaking, in standard. When comparing the power level required to be playable, I've ever seen in my life, and I've from from playing. And obviously, like Cold Snap might be in that discussion. But that wasn't really a standard set. They kind of threw that in there. When you're looking at what the format is and what is being printed to add or to combat a menace that exists, this set falls flat on its face. And I think it's it's kind of embarrassing from a uh, from the wizard's perspective because you you want to have this hype, right? The last set, just Ixlon General. It's super sweet with like the archetypes. You got like dinosaurs and pirates, and it's super cool and flavorful. The art is out of bounds on all these cards. It's just, and then the, the limited format sucks because they throw twenty cards in there that destroy an enchantment or that duress you. Like you know, all these one mana spells are unplayable, and they destroy the for- the limited format. So I'm like, okay, this set they 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 probably learn. I mean, these are all made far in advance. So I know there isn't really a lot of doctrine they can do, but. It's just sad because when the set was spoiled, we're all combing through it. Everyone's combing through it. Everyone who plays any tournament, not the casual player, maybe not the kitchen table tip player, but even the FNM player that's sick of losing the teamer because every FNM's got teamer players. And this is something that, like Callblade, when FNM numbers went down to fractions, people play the best deck regardless of the, the local, like a local tournament to a pro tour. So people are going through this format, this uh, this set, and they're like, "Where are the answers? Where are?" Things- <laughs> Where are things that can actually propel a weak deck to make it medium to strong? At least give me a fighting chance against them. And there's nothing. There's no lifesaver. There's no preserver. There's nothing. And it's funny because I shouldn't complain because I reap the benefits of Teamer. I, I hope Teamer, selfishly, is the best deck forever. So I can keep playing my, my terrible control decks and win every tournament and do well against these decks. Because if Teamer drops, Red's going to rise, and then I can't win a match after that. <laughs> so it's in my vested interest to keep Teamer up there. But I love Magic, man. I, Magic's my, my, the, the bulk of my professional and casual life. And when I saw the set come out, I'm like, nothing. There's nothing to make the format better. It's going to be hor- horrendous. And there's no way... I will. I don't. I'm not. I'm a gambling man, but I'm not going to bet on this this uh, family channel here. But I'm. I bet you a, a band's going to come. A standard band's going to come. Even before the Melissa Del Toro article, I knew it was coming. There's no way after looking at this set that has no playable cards, in my opinion, like currently playable. You have a cancel that's even worse somehow than most counter spells. You have uh, removal spells like a one mana white instance removal spell. I looked at it. And I'm like. Oh my God! You can't play this card. Doesn't do anything. And then I look at you know you just go through all the staples. Or they, maybe they made a two mana removal spell at instant speed. Nope, nothing. 
maybe they made you know a land so the merfolk could be playable because right now the blue green merfolk deck was pretty cool you can't cast any of the spells you have botanical <laughs> garden botanical sanctum rather and you have a tap land and if you put that deck together which i have already just kind of goldfish it a little bit the mana is whew, it's bad <laughs> and so you know someone like me going through this format the set we were hoping that there were some tools in here to help standard revitalize and at this juncture standard gets no help and it's the set is it standard gets no help they pissed off a lot of casual players that i know by making reprints in there of commons you know common reprint which i find to be unforgivable just print a new card man print a new card just just call it call the three one for two something else okay just print a new card don't peek uh People that I know that play EDH and casual players, when they buy new sets, they want new cards. They don't want to have uh, reprinted three, one for two. You know, um, so I think again, I, I hate to be a negative like this, but there's this set just left me with no positivity. Um, I hope it sells out. I think it's wills because Magic's great. People are going to buy booster packs regardless, and I, I think it's Magic will move on just fine. But I will. Come back to this, you know, this discussion now. And after they ban a card, they will ban a card because they want standard to, you know, have turnout. Right now, that's not going to have turnout. Uh, well, quickly remind our listeners what you would recommend playing. What's your deck again to pray against Teamer for for okay. listeners? So, in my last SCG article, I wrote, <clears throat> which was uh, I had to get it approved by administration because it basically was reckless. <laughs> that I said would be playable after the new set, before any of the new set cards came out. I knew it was going to be good anyway, because I knew that this new set was not going to solve Teamer. So I'm like, here's your deck list to play uh, in January. So I wrote it in end of December. It's on Star City. If you look up Shaheen, you'll see my last article. But it's Grixis Control. I, I, my win percentage with it has been absurd um, just by preying on Teamer decks. Red is hor- like a horrible matchup again, but you know if you... If you can metagame correctly and just know that your area is kind of low on the red scale, uh, it's great. And, and lucky for us, red is crushed by Teamer. So, you know, it's just, it used to not be that way, and, but now everyone's so good with Teamer now. <laughs> everyone's so freaking good with this deck. But I think Grixis Control is a good spot right now. It's on the SCG. It's, it's, it's a wild-looking list. Um, but if anyone who's followed me for some time, they, they, they're aware of it. It's I've played for the last two months. It's been great. All right. All right. Uh, go uh, ahead, Rob. Yeah, so yeah. I actually think this set is sweet. And the reason is... Yes! Is that, it's uh, we said you wanted positivity, right? So here we go. <laughs> so a lot of the, the what's going on in the set um, looks fun to draft. So I think it'll revitalize Limited. It actually looks like I mean, you can never really tell till you're, like, in there, uh, in the trenches, like, you know, drafting cards and seeing how things shape up. But it looks a lot more interesting than just what Ixalan uh, ended up being, which is definitely an improvement, because Ixalan was, like, just god-awful. Now, uh, Shaheen said he thinks it's maybe the worst standard set for standard uh, ever. I think it's close. Uh, Dragon's Maze might still take the cake. <laughs> it's uh, had Voice of Resurgence and then nothing. This might have just nothing. It's possible. It the Guildgate deck. The Guildgate control deck. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, this has the pirate random whatever. Like, it's the same deck. So, uh, okay, so yeah, back, back to where my, my actual point was. I, if the cards in this set could compete with what's going on in Kaladesh, 
this set would be too strong. And they want to bring the power level standard back down to like some reasonable level. I hope. They kind of do this each time they screw up. Um, and they Can just I like... So to that point, this is the one I want to ask you. Is not, I don't want the whole set, and I don't think people from my camp want the whole set to counteract it, but like, let's go back to a Doomblade argument. They removed Grasp of Darkness. When Grasp of Darkness was legal and zombies and other decks, there was a huge presence of these black decks, right? So do you think Grasp of Darkness reprint would make this set so powerful it would unbalance the format? No, I think Grasp would be a fine reprint. Or that's Ultimate a, Price. Ultimate Price is probably also a fine like, reprint. Throw, they, they could easily fix this, and they used to do this. Remember uh, Great Sable Stag when it was printed? When Fairies was running crazy? It's too late. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, they have before made cards that seem to fit a, be a role player and didn't really fit the format. Or fit the, yes, the, the, the print, the, the, the new set. So, like, that's something that I thought they would do. I thought they would sneak a grass back in. And to, because right now, black is horrendous. Like, the, the color combination is bad. Like black decks. So I was hoping they would do that and, you know, basically create another uh, weapon for people to, to build these decks to beat Teamer. And, you know, that, that, they didn't do that, and it made me kind of upset. That's why I kind of took it out of the whole set. The set does look sweet. I agree with you. I think the limited format is going to be a lot better. Uh, there's, no, there's not two stone reigns. You know, in this limited format. <laughs> yeah, most of the cards look like they could at least make the deck. Right. All right. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I just wanted to ask you because I. It, yeah, no, no. That makes sense. So it's, it's possible that those cards don't exist here because they end up warping what their future vision for standard is, right? So if you put Grasp in here and they want it so that even Grasp is too good where they want to go like a year from now, then. They, they skew everything, and then now you have Grass of Darkness in the format for another like year and a half or whatever, so then all of the removal and all of the creatures need to adjust because that card is like around in standard, right? So they don't print it, then they can do other things. Now, whether or not they're thinking about it, I have no idea. I'm just like making a theoretical argument for like, if they thought about it, maybe that would make sense. Probably they didn't, but <laughs> I'm trying to give them the benefit of it. I don't think they thought of it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just like because I think both. I, I would like to see ultimate price actually because it like it kills Glorybringer but not Virtuoso. So like you kind of like and then you have Fatal Push. So it's like your black deck is like weak to yeah. certain kinds of cards, which is like kinda, kill uh, the the three two also. Uh, yeah, Rogue Refiner and Scarab God still lives. So like you still need Vraska's Contempt, and then like okay, now you have this like kind of diverse, um, uh, you know, answer. Spectrum, which is kind of like what they want. They just don't want, you know, whatever, like one in a black murder or something. So, yeah, I think there's room for cards they could have put in the set that would have made Sandra a little less better. But I'm just happy that, like, none of the cards jump out and are like, oh, sweet, this deck is just going to, like, pound Teamer Energy. Like, I would be, I'm much happier, like, knowing that nothing here can dethrone Teamer Energy and them also, like, they missed the boat on making a couple of cards that would help the format than like a bunch of these cards being like, Oh yeah, this deck is just going to be so much better than what's going on in Kaladesh. That would be uh, way worse. And even that being said, I, I actually do think red green dinosaurs could be good. Like Galta is the real deal. I think, especially with, with register alpha and Otipek hunt master, like uh, a green green and like, 
one to three colorless mana for a 12-12 trample haste. I, I feel like that's good. <laughs> it like, just laughs in the face of Virtuoso. But we'll see. I mean, it doesn't have Hardest Lightning. So that's... If they ban a card, I agree with you. If they don't, I think the world would want to well, take what would they ban, What do you want them to ban? Well, it's not really the what I want them to ban. Is, it's, it's if they don't ban something because of the way the long standard formats have stretched now, uh, people are going to deal with this for another half year, which is more than half year, sorry, for extended, you know, what was it, October? September? Yeah, yeah, it's like end of September, beginning of October. So, I mean, you and I will survive because, you know, we play like other formats and modern, but there's some people that just go to FNM, play standard, and their life, and I, I, I know a lot locally. We have six stores in my area. Our area is huge for comic stores. They have like big FNMs. And they've been dwindling because, you know, it's, I don't blame some of the players. They bring team or energy and they, they have made the, they've made the game not fun for a large sect of people. So if they don't ban something, and I think it would have to be a tune plus rogue refiner, like two cards or tune plus something. It has to be a tune. Tune has to go. The, the, you know, uh, start the game with two energy card. Uh, is is too good and is really the fuel of the fire, I think. Um, so they definitely need to ban a tune. I hope, selfishly, they don't ban Hardest Lightning because that leaves control with no removal. <laughs> I, was, I made a joke on uh, Kevin Jones. He said, like, they need to ban a tune in Hardest Lightning. I'm like, what do you want me to kill things with? <laughs> there's, nothing, there's nothing left. So I hope they don't ban Hardest Lightning. Um, but, you know, Definitely tune, and then one other card doesn't really matter. They could ban Rogue Refiner, World of Virtuoso, Servant of the Conduit, a tune plus one of those Cub. Uh, they'll fix it. They'll, the deck will be crippled. It's just like looking back on like if you like five years from now, you're like looking at cards that were banned in Standard, and someone looks at a tune with Aether. And I was like, sorry, this like bad land branch whatever was banned. Did you see that? Did you see what I tweeted about that? No, no. I tweeted, I tweeted the exact thing. I said, I'm going to have to explain to my son, Aries. <laughs> he grows up that we had to ban cards like a Tune with Aether and Memory Jar because they're both <laughs> equally destructive to Stanford. <laughs> <laughs> These two cards are on the same plane right now. Uh, yeah. Skull it's Camp crazy. And a Tune with Aether. <laughs> oh, Maybe well. they just ban Hub or something. That probably doesn't do it. No, um, don't do that. Ah! <laughs> Don't listen. I think it's difficult. It's difficult. Like, don't do it. E- even banning it, uh, I'm not sure that it makes the format any more interesting. Like, mono red will probably just be the best deck at that point. Yeah, it will, <laughs> will be. Mono red will be. But yeah. it, mono red again falls under the same issue of mono red and modern, where it can lose to itself. So in, inherently, it'll be a little more interesting. It won't be. It won't be beautiful afterward. The, the format's going to be left with uh, uh, kind of a sluggish Kaladesh set that doesn't have a whole lot if energy goes the way of the extinction. Um, so I don't know what... I mean, I, I know that the control decks are going to get weaker because red gets better. There's a lot of ripple effects that are going to happen. So I don't think standards going to be fixed. But for the casual player, I think it will be. I think, maybe, I think, maybe they just announced that they're rotating Kaladesh block like six months early. Like they just rotate it when Dominaria comes or something. I think that's a better plan than not banning anything either. I think banning that, that was the original plan when they des- when they designed it. Right, it was supposed to be an 18th month rotation. I think. Yeah. yeah. 
unless they were unless they were pocketing this plan the whole time, unless they were going to do this the whole time. Um, well, that's fair. That's fair. Who, who knows what they how how deep and how far they plan these things? But you know, the worst thing they can do is let this Rivals of Ixalan set come out, leave standard the way it is to October, and continually pre print weak sets that will not bring it up to the level of Teamer while leaving Teamer in the format. I hope they've dropped Teamer down with a ban and continually lower the power level that they have with the set. I think it'll be fun. They could also just do something very wacky and say, like, Ultimate Price and Mana Leak are legal in Standard or something like that. And they're, they're legal for the next... until we say they're not legal. And just call it a day. Like, okay. whatever. Just, like, just put answers in. They're not a, set, they're not a Standard legal set. But they just like they just give you the answers and then see what happens. Yeah, I mean, Mana Leak is obviously out of the question, but you know, I was just I, I was uh, struggling for like a, a good example. I, I want to say realistic in, cl- in case you know the powers that be are listening. That's all. I'm just I'm with you. Fair enough. I'm I'm with you up here, man. But I'm bringing it down here so we can get our way. Yeah, I think that's reasonable. That's a good approach. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's uh. Yeah, it's it's dire times, but uh, we'll see. We'll see what they do. Yeah. There's no there's no pro tour, so things may just chug along at some very slow pace. That might have been why they also decided to put a modern pro tour here. Oh yeah, I mean, Star City removed all their standard events. They're gone. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's like we're not dealing with this nonsense right now. Yep, they had to make their own boat. This is... So this this problem, this standard problem tilts me uh, in a different way because because standard is so bad people think that popper is going to get popular and it, that makes me angry well, <laughs> so it remi- like, Watsi, you did this you did this stupid thing it reminds me of when people were talking about frontier because modern was so bad exactly and i still think modern is bad but that's neither here nor there but you know it's it was worldwide hated the beginning with um prior to the bands um so, you know, it was it was a format that was kind of like sinking a little bit and they banned Splinter Twin and they which was like shocked the world and then they made it clear that they're gonna make this format a format for people that like you know, knock you out decks and you know, then Frontier kind of died the same way. I think this Popper argument's gonna die when they fix standard. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, if anyone's ever I'm sorry for people that like Popper, man, that's if you like if you like grindy blue decks uh, I, I think people just like formats where there is not professional attention. So, like, because no one at the very top tiers is playing proper, then you can win with the deck that you want to win with, you know, if you get good enough with it, which I guess is kind of like why people like modern too. But the thing about proper is just like, it has no relevancy. There's no pass to the PT, there's no large events. And like, Every time someone tries to get a regular popper going, people like think it's interesting for a day, and then they're like, "Oh wait, I need to pick up a bunch of stupid cards and play a format that actually like isn't relevant at all." I'll just play EDH if I want to do that. <laughs> so, uh, That's a yeah, big format too. One on one EDH, I'll be all about that. <laughs> I would. I've played one on one EDH one time, but Rafelos was legal as a commander, and I felt good. Yeah, I played Kira. <laughs> Years ago, with some horrible mono blue control deck. I guess you have to, right? You're like priced into it. <laughs> I had Brawl seems sweet one on one. I play that, but I'm not going to get into EDH right now. I mean, it's 
We'll leave that alone. That's too. That's too positive for this negative. Uh, <laughs> I definitely didn't message him saying, "Hey, I want to rant about how." Standard. I definitely didn't do that. Uh, positivity. Um, Red. I mean, I think Reddit was really uh, pro Frontier when it started. If I recall, I don't really remember. Uh, but this is the first time. I feel like uh, I see a more public. Uh, support for Popper when it comes to like CFB mentioned how they were going to try it out at GP Santa Clara and even the the professor they they flew in the professor who's a huge proponent of it and obviously he's the most popular YouTuber uh, around so this is the first time I feel like mm, the big YouTubers did cover Frontier before too so I I don't know, but here I'm reading this guy, the, the most liked plus one to comment. Like, I played in a popper event. It was exciting. 120 people were playing in it. And uh, he talked to the CFB rep who made the, the event happen, and they mentioned doing events, more events like this, yeah. in the next few GPs. So you're going to be seeing 120. I mean, it has, might have more of a chance than, than Frontier. If, uh, if CFB, the main... The only GP uh, organizer is going to make sure that there's at least one somewhat significant popper event at each of these events. Yeah, but it's just because only it's because both standard and modern are not good car. If both standard and modern are good, there's just no reason to play popper. It's not like everyone's like, oh, I I just I play popper because it's better than modern. Or I play popper because it's better than standards. Like, no, 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 I play popper because. I don't want to play standard and I don't want to play modern. So like as soon as you know the masses go back to where they should be, to where wizards should be designing sets that they're supposed to draw people, um yeah. I think that it, the ship will write itself. I want to piggyback off that and I want to tell you that Wizards does not want Popper to be good. <laughs> it doesn't sell sets. It doesn't All uh, right. That's it doesn't true. Make money for them at all. Um it's it's not fun to watch if you, you let the pros get their hands on it. I'm telling you these blue common uncommon decks with Tron lands and all that, or Tron lands legal popper still, or no, not Tron lands. Um, uh, the cloud posts and all those things. Did they ban those? I'm not sure if they banned cloud posts, but I think the Tron lands are legal. I just wish that uh, they hadn't banned Peregrine Drake or whatever it was that they banned, and then people were clamoring for this, and they just got rolled by uh, <laughs> infinite mana storm decks. Yeah, I mean, like things like that. Once these pros get their hands on that, dig their hands, they'll ruin that format too. <laughs> <laughs> so and again, it's just not. I think Popper is a, a fad. Uh, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna vote on the fad rather than the uh, a movement. There. So a fad. Well, we'll get you back on the show. So fad and abandoning in standard. Those are calls. Yes. And abandoning after the PT in modern. I guarantee you uh, that there's going to be a sweet unbanning uh, in modern. I mean, they've been alluding to it. I think that Bloodbraid Elf 100% will be a freed because the card, if you if you want to right now, I implore you, build Jun with it. You're going to be like, ugh, why is this card banned? <laughs> like, tap four mana. Four mana in modern is basically seven mana. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, four mana is actually ten mana. Yeah, all right, I'm not sure how you're doing it. <laughs> I think that's the new, that's the new poster I'm making. Oh, yeah, dude, yeah. Four mana is like seven. It, it actually is like ten. It's tower, tower, mine, power plant. You just yeah. have to Ulamog. Like, uh. hey, you're gonna after you play your your Bloodbraid Elf the turn after, 
Um, actually, no, it has to be two turns after because your opponent already carned one of your lands. So two turns after when you play it, you get to flip your abrupt decay with no targets, or you can flip, uh, you know, uh, noble hierarch, attack it for four. You know, there's so many possibilities. Who knows? Who knows what you could do? Maybe you need to build it with ancestral visions and draw three cards, and then just die the next turn with a full grip. We got ancestral vision. We got we got the deck here. <laughs> teamer, teamer, and all the all formats. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they're going to unban Bloodbraid Elf. And, and I think, I don't think they're going to unban Jace. I think they're making a mistake if they don't, but I think they will keep it banned. Uh, I think I come on the show and talk about Jace too much already, so I'm going to just say one more thing about it, and I'll, I'll give it a rest until the next time I'm on the show. That uh, I think they should put in a new set, another Eternal Master or something or other, some modern set, uh, modern Master set, and then I think they should unban it. That would be the smart way to go about it. I think they're doing that. Uh, I think they're doing that, Shaheen. I think it's going to be in M25. So I, I think you're correct that it is getting unbanned, and I would be very surprised if it wasn't in M25. And that kind of like puts it down to the twenty, the fifty dollar mark or whatever, and it seems reasonable. I, I think and, that's the logical course of action. And also sell the hell out of M25, which oh, apparently yeah. is very important for them since the rest of their master sets are doing miserably. <laughs> Yeah, this would sell, this would make it go through the roof. Also, it's the flagship card of the form of, of Magic. You know, it's the it's the most noted, like a uh, famous character, most famous card of all time. So I think it's something that it would just be beneficial across the board for him. So I think they're going to do it eventually. I'm with you. I hope it happens now. Now'd be great. <laughs> And Rob also thinks there won't be, in our lifetime, a 12-year-old kid or younger uh, placing in the PT top eight. Right, Rob? <laughs> that's, that's, yeah, I, yeah, I second that also. <laughs> Wait, how, how, just, how high is the age? Can we go? Can we go higher than 12? Like, what, what do I think the minimum is? I think it's probably yeah. like close to 17 or 18. Like, you want to be basically out of high school. Right. I, yeah, I, say, I say 18, 18, 19. 18 to 19 would be the net. Is like the, the low. All right, all right. I think I think hey, that might be people in chat. It's really tough. Quinn I'm not sure people hey, if Quinn does it, we're going to throw a parade for him, man. I hope he does. <laughs> yeah, no, it's super impressive if he does it. I mean, uh, kudos to him if he does. I'm not betting on that, even like with insane odds, I wouldn't bet on that. It's just, I mean, I'm not sure people understand how hard Pate the Pro Tour is. <laughs> all righty, um, that does it for our show. Shouts, quick shouts to our first strike. Producers, Jonathan Good, Kyle Smirchik, J. Thomas Eaton, Derek Pite, Matthew Kelly, Adrian Murchison helps us out with the pod. And of course, if you want to join our exclusive Facebook group that's roughly now at 100 members, uh, be sure to join by going to patreon.com slash first strike. Thank you, Shaheen, for coming on the show. Um, they can find you at, I think it's just at, at Shaheen MTG. At Shaheen MTG. And uh, we'll have you on the show. Uh, super, super excited to see what you're going to end up. Well, not really end up playing at the BT. Sorry, it's probably going to be so unoriginal garbage. Uh, but uh, <laughs> if you like the show, if, uh, thank you for being watching in the chat and give this video a thumbs up. And we'll continue to keep doing this. And thanks, Rob. Um, anti shout outs to Brian and Vince. No, no, I know Vince is busy with his, uh, with his store. But uh, anti-shout out to Brian for posting a, uh, a GIF, an animated GIF of a guy getting thrown like a water balloon in the face. And he posted it because the guy 
that's get, get that gets hits in the face like kind of looks like me. So <laughs> anti shout out to Brian. Um, and I think that that was it. That was it. Anything you guys want to ask would be you can ask us in, in the group. So uh, thank you so much, and uh, we'll see you next week. Bye, guys. Oh, 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 oh